Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our morning service. Thank you, Braden. Would you turn to your Bibles, please, to the book of Mark. For those who are using the Pew Bible, we're going to Mark 10, and that is found on page 1045. 1045. I'm going to read for you Mark chapter 10, verses 45 to 52. Mark 10, 45 to 52. And I'll be reading from the Amplified Bible this morning. So just follow along in your Bible as I read. For even the Son of Man came not to have service rendered to him, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for or instead of many. Then they came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, saying, Jesus, son of David, have pity and mercy on me now. And many severely censured and reproved him, telling him to keep still. But he kept on shouting out all the more, You son of David, have pity and mercy on me now. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, telling him, Take courage, get up. He is calling you. And throwing off his outer garment, he leaped up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Master, let me receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has healed you. And at once he received his sight and accompanied Jesus on the road. May the Lord bless his word to us and help us to remember what we have read. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we bow in your presence this morning, acknowledging your greatness, your power, your Lord, your love towards us. You are the God who provides for all of our needs. And Lord, forgive us for not giving thanks the way we ought. Oh, Lord, you provide, you give strength, you give comfort. Lord, we realize that in this world we will suffer. There will be tribulation, the joy, but there comes a time that, Lord, we will need to draw nearer to you. And, Lord, you, you call us to come and lay our burdens before you. How loving how caring, how compassionate and merciful you are. Oh, help us, we pray, to be those who give thanks. And Lord, as we come today, we pray for the many who are not well, even in our own group. And for friends and neighbors, we pray. Through it all, oh Lord, we pray that you would draw them to yourself, even that they might come closer for some who have not yet given their hearts and lives to Jesus. How we pray that this may be a time for them. 
to draw near. How we pray that you would bless your word to us as we consider it this morning. That we might leave this place better equipped to serve you. And Lord, with a greater knowledge of who you are and what you have done. Through the Lord Jesus Christ. For us. And Lord, on this uh, day, the weekend, as we consider the celebration of the Canada Day. We thank you, O Lord, for the blessings we have in this country. Lord, you are the one in control. You bless us daily in this country. And we thank you. Oh, we pray that we might not forget what you have given us. Lord, we read even in your word that those who forgot the blessings of God, Lord, brought anger to our God. Lord, may we be those who again give thanks and seek your face as we continue, Lord, looking ahead that we might be a country that worships God. Oh, Lord, it seems so impossible in our eyes, but with Thee all things are possible. Change the hearts of men and women and youth as well, we pray. Oh, Lord, we ask now that You would bless our time together, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to, for us, to turn our thoughts this morning to this familiar passage of Scripture. It is the record of the Lord Jesus dealing with the man we know as blind Bartimaeus. So many times as I was trying to write my message, the word Bartimaeus, you know, once you've written it 10 or 15 times, you get to write it, but I still had, I, I was tempted just to write Bart, but I, I didn't think it was, it was proper. But before we do it, Go on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, how we seek your guidance as we look into your word this morning, as you look, Lord, at your dealings with this man, blind Bartimaeus. Oh, help us, we pray, to, Lord, to see, truly see what you have done in this man's life and how we can apply what you have done to our own lives. Help us, we pray, in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Before we go on to the passage that we read, that is, we, we included verse 45, I'd like to just think of verse 45 of Mark chapter 10, where Jesus, referring to what his disciples ought to be, that is, servants, this is what he says, and you see it there, for even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. See, the Lord Jesus is on his last journey to Jerusalem, where he would give his life a ransom, that is the price or the payment for release, a payment of release for many. In other words, he was on his way to be crucified to pay our sin debt, 
a debt we owed, but a debt we could not pay. However, on his way to the cross, he is ministering or serving as Isaiah 35, verses 5 and 6, we heard this morning, had predicted, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as an heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. On his way, Jesus had to pass through Jericho, we are told. The record of this incident is also recorded in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 20, verses 29 to 34. Also in Luke, chapter 18, verses 35 to 43. Matthew and Mark's account refer to the Lord Jesus and his disciples leaving Jericho, whereas Luke mentions them coming into Jericho. Because there was the old Jericho and the new Jericho established by King Herod the Great, some say that it all took place as Jesus was leaving one and entering the other. And I liken that to Sudbury and New Sudbury. That may be, but what really matters is that all three writers record this incident as having happened. What occurred wasn't a small event. It was no small event. See, this was the Lord Jesus with his disciples and a great multitude following him, as we're told in, in verse 46. Mark paints the picture for us at the end of verse 46 by saying, Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the side of the highway or road begging. We find out that Bartimaeus was blind. Although two blind men were healed, as Matthew mentions, only Bartimaeus was named. And perhaps he had known better days, but now he was a beggar. The fact that his father Timaeus is mentioned suggests that his family may have been well known. Bartimaeus, then, could have said, it's true, I'm a beggar, but I'm not one of the common beggars. There's good blood in my veins. I'm a proud, uh, rather, I'm proud of my ancestors. But not so. Bartimaeus came in the rags of a beggar. He made a beggar's plea. He was willing to confess what he was. So we see that Bartimaeus came with empty hands. We, each one of us, must acknowledge who we are before the Lord. We are all sinners, unable to save ourselves. And the Bible tells us in Romans 3, verse 10, there's none righteous, no, not one. And further, in Romans 3, verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So until, until we, as sinners, have that sort of humility, we're not apt to receive the saving faith in Christ. If we come excusing our sin, a sin or apologizing for it, we don't need to expect 
salvation. When a confessing sinner meets the forgiving Savior, the result is great salvation. Great salvation. There's no use in covering our filthy rags with a cloak of hypocrisy. God can see through us. Rather, we need to come, as the hymn writer wrote, just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, just as I am, poor, wretched, blind, sight riches, healing of the mind, yea, all I need in thee to find, O Lamb of God, I come. Can you imagine the scene here? Bartimaeus was seated beside the road, beside the highway, some say, blind and not aware of what was happening. In Luke 18.36, it tells us there that he heard the multitude passing by. There no doubt was an unusual noise when we see or hear the multitude passing by. It caught his attention, and I remembered what our friend Vic Lachance had said to me one time, I'm blind, not deaf. When Bartimaeus asked what was happening, he was told that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. That's in Mark 10:47. But Luke, Luke 18:37 specifically says that he was told that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. Little did Bartimaeus realize that this was the last time that Jesus would ever pass this way. This was the only opportunity that he would ever have to call on the Lord. Remember Fanny Crosby's hymn where it says, Pass me not, O gentle Savior, hear my humble cry. While on others thou art passing, or calling, rather, do not pass me by. Bartimaeus may have known the words of Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 and 7. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. The Lord was near, and Bartimaeus called. Evidently, Jesus' reputation had preceded him. In addition, the Holy Spirit had worked in Bartimaeus' heart, convincing him that the person who was passing by was none other than the Messiah. Notice Bartimaeus' response. He, he did not call out, Jesus of Nazareth, help me. Even though that's the title that had been given to him. Remember what he was told that Jesus Nazareth of Nazareth is passing by. No, he used the words, Jesus, thou son of David, or Lord, have mercy on me now. In 2 Samuel, chapter 7, verses 11 and 12, God promised David that of his seed, God would send the one who would sit on the throne forever. Matthew begins the first gospel, his first gospel record, 
with the words, Jesus Christ, the son of David. Somehow, this blind man who spent his long days begging by the roadside had grasped this wonderful truth that the one whom God had promised was right here, passing by. In verse 48 of Mark's Gospel, we're told that many, that crowd, the multitude, tried to intervene. That he should hold his peace, we read. They tried to shut him up. That's what they tried to do. And many, even today, you know, they try to do the same thing to those who may be seeking the Lord, Jesus. They'll try to quiet down or distract one who might seriously be inquiring about the things of the Lord. They'll even try to steer him or her to the opposite direction. Don't be a fanatic, we hear at times. Amazing, isn't it? You can be called a fan of certain sports. But when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ, you're a fanatic, a religious fanatic. But how did Bartimaeus respond? How did he react? He persisted. Bartimaeus persisted. Even even when he was told to be quiet, he cried out all the more a great deal, we're told. Can you hear him? Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Quiet, Bartimaeus. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He didn't have eyes to see, but he had a voice, and he used it. It wasn't a half-hearted call. He would not miss this opportunity. Jesus was passing by, and he would not miss his chance. So we see that Bartimaeus called when the opportunity came. Blind Bartimaeus also pleads for mercy. He pleads no merit of his own, nothing good or worthy in him. He recognized guilt somewhere. Whether his blindness was a result of sin, we're not told. But he knew he was a sinner at heart. Did did he know the words of Micah 7, verse 18, where we read, God delights in mercy? Or Psalm, Psalm, 40, Psalm 103, rather, verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. Whatever his background knowledge was, Bartimaeus asked for the right thing. Bartimaeus asked for mercy. Some of you might remember Pastor Cliff. Rogers of the Tilbury Baptist Church. Uh, Cliff was a brother to Doug Rogers, our song leader here for uh, many years. In writing in the Tilbury Times newspaper, the Sunday edition, uh, Pastor Cliff Rogers wrote these words about the passage, and I read that. Why did he, Bartimaeus, like many others, ask for mercy? Why not just help? because he realized that he was not worthy of the Lord's help. 
In his sinfulness, he deserved only punishment, not help. So he begged Jesus not to hold his sins against him, but to have mercy on him and help him. And Jesus did. We may not be blind or have so dreadful a disease as leprosy, but we have every bit as great a need to beg for mercy as these people did. For our sins we deserve only punishment, but because God is a God of mercy, he forgives our sins and gives us eternal life. How blessed we are because of God's mercy. End of that quote. All three Gospels, that is, three writers, mention that as the Lord Jesus and his disciples were making this last trip to Jerusalem, Jesus very clearly told them that he was headed to Jerusalem to die at the hands of Roman Gentiles. Each writer includes that he even told them that on a third day he would rise again. But as Luke comments in Luke 18.34, saying they understood none of these things. Jesus was on the way to give his life a ransom for many, as we read earlier in Mark 10, verse 45. He was headed toward his terrible crucifixion, and nobody understood. We might have expected him to be so preoccupied with the thoughts of what lay ahead that he might not even have noticed these beggars beside the road. But our compassionate Savior was still ministering to others in spite of this impending suffering. Jesus stopped. He heard the cries and would not move until their needs had been met. It's ought to remind us of what is written in Isaiah 65, verse 24. And it shall come to pass, it says, that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. Bartimaeus spoke, and the Lord Jesus heard him. All three accounts tell us that Jesus stopped. Now here, we leave the noise of the multitude and blind Bartimaeus, and we look at the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. The whole movement stood still. Like a mother hearing her child's cry, Jesus heard the cry of a penitent soul. The Lord commanded that Bartimaeus be brought to him. Here we get a greater understanding of verse 45 of Mark 10, where Jesus says that he came to minister or serve. The Lord was on his way to Jerusalem. Yes, he had a little group around him, his disciples, who didn't understand him very well at all. The crowd was also around him, a curious mob, we might call it. But Jesus stopped the whole movement for this man. He would wait until Bartimaeus came to him. He's ready to help you this morning. 
as well. See, in Mark, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, we hear Jesus say, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus gave the invitation, Come. Note the last part of Mark 10, verse 49. It says, And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, or take courage, rise. He calleth thee. In other words, get up. He's calling you. Now I, I think to myself, could, could the one who said these words to Bartimaeus be one of those who tried to keep him quiet? moments earlier what matters is that someone had the privilege the privilege of telling him that Jesus wanted him to come to him here, here was a man whose heart was ready his name was Bartimaeus but someone else had the privilege of bringing him to Christ Ought that not to be the desire of every child of God, every Christian, to covet the privilege of leading someone to Christ? What a glorious sight that must have been. Watch this beggar throwing off his coat and springing to his feet. That Bartimaeus probably not moved that fast for a long time. He no doubt startled those around him. What a response to Jesus' call. Casting off those garments that might slow him down, he jumps to his feet. You know, that's what it's like when a soul responds to the Lord's invitation to come. Drop everything and go. Remember the woman of Samaria who forgot her water pot as she ran to tell the others in John Chapter 4 says, The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men, Come and see, come see which a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? In her excitement, she forgot her pot. In John 6, verse 37, we read of Jesus saying, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will no, in no wise cast out or turn away. Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus came to Jesus believing. Now, Jesus had a question for Bartimaeus. What do you want me to do for you? Did Jesus know what the answer would be? Of course he did. Of course he did. He wanted blind Bartimaeus to express his desire. See, Bartimaeus may have replied, Give me some money, Lord, that I, I may be relieved for several days, at least from begging. Or, or give me, a, you know, clothing or shelter or a new house. Friends would help me in that place. But no, Bartimaeus was wiser than that. He knew his greatest need was not money or clothing or shelter, but sight. See, his poverty was the result of being blind. 
And if the blindness can be cured, everything else might be remedied. Here's a man who knows what he wants. There's no wavering in his prayer. Remember what James chapter 1 verse 6 says, Let him ask in faith, not wavering. In verse 51 of Mark 10, we note that in his request, Bartimaeus used the title Lord, translated Rabboni, referring to Jesus. Remember the words that Mary Magdalene used when she realized that it was the Lord Jesus speaking to her in the garden at the resurrection? That's a title that has even greater respect than the common rabbi or teacher. It addresses the Lord as Jesus, Lord Jesus as my Lord, my Master. And Bartimaeus answered, Lord, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. He asked the Master for sight. Nobody else, nobody else could have given sight to a blind man. Remember this morning, those who were in Sunday school, I said, remember that little song. No one but Jesus can make blind people see. He is the Son of God. Bartimaeus asked the right person. Similarly, our greatest needs can be met only in the Lord Jesus Christ. Go thy way, Jesus answered. Go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. And those who might have a marginal reference to the meaning of these words in verse 52, you'll notice that it is translated, thy faith has saved thee. It was his faith in Christ made known in persistence that saved him. And then all three writers use the same word for what happened next. That word immediately. And immediately he received his sight. Bartimaeus received his request. His prayer was answered. Thinking back to our call to worship in Isaiah 35, we're reminded that the prophet Isaiah had written hundreds of years before before Jesus was born, what the Messiah would do, particularly for blind people. In Isaiah 29, verse 18, he wrote that the Messiah would make the eyes of the blind to see out of darkness. In Isaiah 35, verses 4 and 5, he wrote that the eyes of the blind would be opened. In Isaiah 42, verse 7, Isaiah wrote that the Messiah would Come to open the blind eyes. Now, when your mother says something to you three times, you know that she means business. It's important. What about when God says something three times? Do you think it must be important too? As well, we read in Psalm 146, verse 8, The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. That makes at least four times that God mentions giving sight to the blind. Now, God performed some miracles through Moses. 
When Moses lifted up his rod over the Red Sea, the waters parted and the people were able to cross over on dry land. That was an amazing miracle. On another occasion, when Moses hit the rock, as God had told him, God caused water to come pouring out of the rock to provide water for the people to drink. But did Moses ever give a blind person the ability to see? No. How about Elijah? God did many wonderful things through this prophet. A widow's little bottle of oil and a handful of flour made enough food for three people to eat for about a year. Elijah was even used by God to raise the widow's son to life when he died. Had such a thing ever happened before? No, not that we know of. But did Elijah ever give sight to someone who was blind? No. Well, what about the prophet Elisha? Through Elisha, God made a little pot of oil, filled many containers to give a poor lady enough money to pay her bills and for her family to live on. God also used Elisha in the healing of Naaman from his leprosy when he obeyed, remember, and dipped in the Jordan seven times. But did Elisha ever heal a blind person? No. Even in the New Testament, when we think of the miracles that God performed through Peter and John and Paul, we don't hear of any of them making the blind able to see. On one occasion, God used Paul to make a man blind for a while because he was interfering with the preaching of the gospel. This man had tried to stop the deputy from believing on Jesus. In the Old Testament, God had answered Elisha's prayer to make a whole army temporarily blind. But the Bible doesn't record any of these people being used of God to make a blind person able to see. However, God's promise in Isaiah was that the Savior of the world would heal, would heal the blind, and he did. You can read about some of these in Matthew chapter 12 and in Matthew chapter 9. There's one more significant occasion recorded in Matthew 11, verses 2 to 6, and also in Luke chapter 7, verses 19 to 23. It's John the Baptist who had been put in prison. He sent two disciples to to see Jesus. He had a question for Jesus. The question was, are you the one who was to come, or should we look for someone else? Now, this is very important. At the very time that the message came from John the Baptist, Jesus was busy healing many people. And Luke 7, verse 21, tells us that he was giving sight to many who were blind. Jesus turned to John's disciple and told them to go back to John and tell him what they had seen and heard. Then Jesus was very specific. Tell John that the blind are receiving their sight. Isn't it great that the Lord Jesus mentioned first that he was healing the blind. 
Then he added, of course, that he was also healing the lame, the lepers, the deaf, raising the dead, and he was preaching the gospel to the poor. What an encouragement that would have been to John the Baptist. The Lord Jesus was doing exactly what the prophet Isaiah had written 700 years earlier that the Messiah would do. However, we come back to Mark 10 and Bartimaeus and his faith. We would ask the question, what kind of faith was this? It was a faith that followed Jesus. Bartimaeus may have had a wife and children in some humble home, don't know. His heart would no doubt have yearned to look into their faces, but Christ had given him sight. This sight was so attractive that he could not leave him. He must look into the loving countenance and use his new eyes and behold Christ's beauty. There's a story entitled The Only Face She Could See. It tells of one of the generals of Cyrus the Great, the king of Persia. The general came back home from a campaign and was shocked to find that while he was away, his own wife had been arrested and was put in prison. She was charged with treachery against her country. The trial was to be held that very day. The general hurried to the court of Cyrus and the guards brought in his beloved wife, at that moment. There she stood, the poor woman, pale, anxious, trying to answer the charges brought against her, but to no avail. Her husband, standing near, heard the stern voice of the Persian ruler as he pronounced the death sentence. In a moment, as they were about to drag her away to behead her, he ran forward, threw himself down at the feet of the emperor, Oh, sire, he cried, not her, but me. Let me give my life for hers. Put me to death, but spare my wife. And as Cyrus, the king, looked at him, he was so touched by his deep devotion and his love for his wife that his heart was softened. He remembered, too, how faithful this servant had been And he gave command that the wife should go free. She was fully pardoned. As her husband led her out of the room, he looked at her and said, Did you notice the kind look in the eyes of the king as he pronounced the word of pardon? She said, I did not see the face of the king. The only face that I could see was that of the man who was willing to die for me. So it was with Bartimaeus. No longer blind Bartimaeus. The Lord Jesus Christ was for him his all in all. To be with him was his delight. To hear his voice was his joy. And now forever to do his will was his highest ambition. (laughs) Is this our Highest ambition? 
What a lesson that is for us. All three accounts of this wonderful story tell that Bartimaeus followed Jesus. Luke 18.43 adds the word glorifying God. That is what Psalm 50 verse 15 says should happen. Reading here, And call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. The Lord Jesus delivered him, and Bartimaeus glorified God. That word followed here has the meaning of wanting to show the excellence of another. Of another. Wanting to show the excellence of another. In this case, the excellence of the Lord Jesus. When Bartimaeus met his old friends, do you think he told them of what Jesus had done for him and could not say enough of his praise? Can you see him approaching a group of people on the street corner, pointing to the master across the way? And he says, there's the man who gave me my new eyes. Let's go and worship him together. What happened that day was life-changing. It was no secret. I was reminded of the hymn, The chimes of time ring out the news. Another day is through. Someone slipped and fell. Was that someone you? You may have longed for added strength, your courage to renew. Do not be disheartened. I have news for you. It is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he'll do for you. With arms wide open, he'll pardon you. It is no secret what God can do. We read in the book of Luke, chapter 18, verse 43, where it says, And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. This is no longer blind Bartimaeus. This was his last walk in darkness. It is Bartimaeus, a new creation singing, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Of course, Bartimaeus didn't write this hymn, but he certainly could have sung it. Perhaps he and John Newton are singing it in heaven now, together. The Lord is passing by today. Perhaps the Holy Spirit has been working in your life, convincing you that you too are a sinner in need of a Savior. If Jesus is calling you this morning, like Bartimaeus, don't let anything or anyone in this world hold you back. Come to him. Come to him, the only one who is able to save, because we are told in the Bible that neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. 
Ask God to forgive you and take control of your life. Remembering our Z verse, Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And he is still a pardoning God. Micah 7 verses 18 and 19 reads, Who is a God like unto thee, that pardons iniquity and passes by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retains not his anger forever, because he delights in mercy. He will turn again, he will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities and will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. I mentioned earlier that Bartimaeus would not have known that this was the last time that Jesus would ever pass this way. This was the only opportunity that he would ever have to call on the Lord. And I said earlier, Jesus is passing by today. He's reminded us of that as we considered this individual Bartimaeus. Perhaps as he passes by today, this is your opportunity to call upon him and cast yourself completely on his gracious mercy and know that he has said, the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out, turn away. I referred to Fanny Crosby's hymn earlier in my message, Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry, while on others thou art passing, do not pass me by. We are told that this hymn, according to a New York minister, Dr. Dakin, brought more souls to Christ than any other hymn. I asked Deborah Wilson if she would come and close with the singing of that hymn. If you wish to follow along, it's number 795 in your hymn book. But you know, this is your opportunity to, like Bartimaeus, Call out, Jesus, have mercy on me.